called end times time clock. It could happen any time. Nothing has to be fulfilled for the rapture to come. Nothing. It could be any time. We call it the second coming. We do as Christians. The truth is, according to 1 Thessalonians, and I've got up here everything I'm going to say, I back up with Scripture. If you want it, it's right here. Come pick it up. But according to 1 Thessalonians, we'll meet Jesus in the air. So He won't come back to earth. We'll meet Him in the air, according to Scripture. <clears throat> Happen any time. According to the way we've been taught, Scripture says, that will usher in what we know is the tribulation. Now, I don't like to talk about the tribulation. This, this is the reason. <laughs> because the devil is front and center in the tribulation. I don't want him to have any praise or glory at all. But he's there. Tribulation. According to Daniel, what we have in Revelation, it's a real time. Most people place it as being seven years. First three and a half years, not so bad. The second part of it, rough. Almost impossible. Now, this is where some, we have a little disagreement with some good people. Our stance is that the rapture is going to be before the tribulation. So we call it... <laughs> We're pre-trib. Pre-trib. Some very well-meaning people say it's going to happen mid. Mid-tribulation. I don't know when it's going to happen. I don't know. But he's coming back. And we need to be ready. The thing we don't hear preached much anymore about the rapture. It's kind of, it was a time when it was front and center on everybody's mind. But we don't do it anymore. And we've, we've lost the urgency of the gospel to get out and, and, and it could come anytime. We've lost the urgency of, of we need to get our family in the fold and our friends in the fold. And, every, and that's the whole thrust of our church. <laughs> is winning men and women and boys and girls to Jesus. Because the rapture could happen anytime and to be saved during the tribulation is going to be very, very, very tough. But there will be people saved in the tribulation. <clears throat> okay. Hold your finger at Isaiah and then let's look at <clears throat> let's look at, at Revelation 11. Excuse me. Uh, Revelation 19, uh, beginning with verse 11. Revelation 19, beginning with verse 11. <clears throat> First verse of chapter 63 says, Who is this that comes from Eden? Mm -hmm. Alright. Revelation 19:11. And I saw heaven open. And behold, a white horse, and who he who sat on it is called Faithful and True. And in righteousness he judges and wages war. 
His eyes are a flame of fire, and on his head are many diamonds. He has a name written on him which no one knows except himself. He is clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, were following him on white horses. From his mouth comes a sharp sword, so that with it he may strike down the nations, and he will rule them with a rod of iron. And he will tread the winepress in fierce wrath of God the Almighty. And on his robe and on his thigh he has a name written. King of kings and Lord of lords. <clears throat> when Jesus comes back, it won't be as a babe in the manger. <clears throat> He's coming back at the end of tribulation. That time is in the Father's hands too. Nobody knows that when this is going to happen. Jesus said he didn't know. <clears throat> Nobody but the Father knows this. You remember a couple of years ago, this guy out in California said it's coming such and such a date. <clears throat> he had changed it three times and it didn't come then. <laughs> he since passed away, but I heard <clears throat> that he... he uh, he asked forgiveness for that right before he died in, in 2013. But anyway, nobody knows. <clears throat> Jesus is going to come back. And when he comes back, he's going to come back with vengeance. <clears throat> Riding this white horse. Hold, hold your finger. I hope you still got it in Isaiah 53, 63. <clears throat> Verse 1, he says, And who is this that's coming? With garments with glowing colors, one who is majestic in his apparel, marching in the greatness of his strength. It is I who speak to righteousness. Why is your apparel red and your garments like one who treads the winepress? <clears throat> he goes on top, verse 4. The day of vengeance was in my heart, and my year of redemption has come. Verse 5. <clears throat> I looked and there was no one to help. I was astonished and there was no one to uphold. So my own arm brought salvation to me. Verse 6. I tried down the peoples in my anger and made them drunk in my wrath. And I poured out their lifeblood on the earth. <clears throat> There's a lot we can say about when Jesus comes back. The battle of Armageddon. The battle of, battle of Gog and Magog. Where... For, for miles, the blood is going to flow up to the horses' bridles. It's going to be that, that gory, that, that, that whatever gory, we'll leave it at that. <clears throat> Satan is going to be bound. All right, now let's go back to Revelation, look at verse 20, chapter 29. It's on the same page in your little Bible. Then I saw the angel coming down from heaven holding the keys to the abyss and a great, great chain in his hand. And he laid hold of the dragon, the serpent of old, who is the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. He threw him into the abyss and shut it and sealed it over so that he would not deceive the nations any longer 
until the thousand years were completed. After these things, he must be released for a short time. Okay, we'll stop right there and we'll pick it up in just a minute. Jesus coming back. There's going to be a slaughter. He's going to put down everything. And Satan is going to be bound. <clears throat> what did he say here in verse 3? After, um, uh, he'll not see the nation any longer until the thousand years were completed. Okay. So, Satan's bound. Then we have what we have called the millennium. A thousand years of peace. A thousand years where the devil is not, <clears throat> is, is not there. Now, I said a while ago, people are going to be born through this time. He, it says in Scripture that there's a, a multitude which no man can number that's going to be there. <clears throat> Later on, John says, who are these people clothed in white? And he says, these people have come out of the great tribulation and have, have not received the mark of the beast and their names are written in the Lamb's book of life. So, <clears throat> at this time, there are going to be people from tribulation that go into the thousand years. There'll be children born during that thousand years. There'll be activities as normal. But there'll be no devil. There'll be no sin. It's where the snake and the child will play together and where the lion and the lamb lay down together. It's, there's no evil thing. It goes back to the garden uh, where it's going to be, that's an analogy now, <laughs> I don't know that it's going to be like the Garden of Eden, but it, it'll be, it will have no sin. But, <clears throat> what happens with the people that are saved there? They don't know what sin is. They don't know the temptations that the devil can bring. So, <clears throat> what, what's going to happen the Lord's going to let the devil loose for a season. Go back to, to uh, Revelation 20, verse 3. And he threw him into the abyss and shut it and sealed him over so that he would not deceive the nations any longer until a thousand years were completed. And after these things, he must be released for a short, short time. Then I saw the thrones and those that sat upon him and judgment was given to them. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded because of the testimony of Jesus and because of the word of God. And because those who had not worshipped the beast or his image and had not received the mark of the forehead on their forehead or on their hand. And they came to life and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. The rest of the dead did not come to life until a thousand years was completed. This is the first resurrection. So, <clears throat> after the devil allows people uh, to be tempted and to make a decision for Jesus or against Jesus, they'll have to make that choice. Because it says, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess who he is. <clears throat> now, the details of that, 
I'm not going to touch. Okay? Now that's, now that's, that's in, in the Lord's hands. How that's going to happen. And this is a brief overall picture as I understand it and as I've been taught. At the end of that time, we just read, there's going to be what we've come to know as a great white throne. This is where the people whose name <clears throat> whose names are not written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Who are not written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And they'll have to come before the Lord. And they'll have to give an account. And the question they'll be asked, again, this is big. The question they're going to be asked, did you know Jesus? If not, why not? And their answer will send them straight to hell. These are not found in the book of life. They'll be there. <clears throat> At the end of the thousand years, Satan's going to be bound after he deceives the nation. He's going to be bound forever and he'll be there. The Lord's in control and will be. <clears throat> He'll be there in control. The rest will enter into a new heaven and a new earth. Now, this is really what we call heaven. That's a new heaven and a new earth where we'll have resurrected bodies. Now, Scripture also tells us absent from the body is present with the Lord. People have called it different things. Intermediate heaven, Randy Alcorn calls it. But it's a place where we'll go when we die that know Jesus. It's, it's, not, it's not the new heaven and the new earth. That won't come until we get our glorified bodies when Jesus comes back. When Jesus comes back. The thief on the cross, you know, remember me. Jesus said, today you will be with me in paradise. I don't know where paradise is, but if Jesus is there, it's okay with me. That's, that's where it's going to be. Isaiah prophesied about Jesus coming, his robe dipped in blood, bringing vengeance to the nation, well, at this point, it's been about 3,000 years. And it still ha hadn't happened. But Jesus, I mean, Isaiah prophesied what would happen at that time. So, in a quick overview, this is what's going on. Now, people have spent years on this thing. The Left Behind series that Tim LaHaye did. Uh, very good. It's a, it's a work of fiction. But it's, it's uh, based on, on what he, he knows or what Scripture tells us uh, that's, that's true. So Isaiah prophesied of this time a long, long time ago. Vengeance on the nations. Vengeance on the nations. Any questions right quick? made myself so clear. <laughs>
Okay. You with me? Okay. I'll leave this chart up here. If you got your phone, if you want to take a picture, you're welcome to. And then here's the sheets with scripture to back up what what this chart says. Okay? Alright, back to Isaiah 63. <laughs> The theme of Isaiah has been from the very beginning is you bunch of rebellious people. Uh, uh, we're, if you're reading through the Bible, uh, Beth and I just got to Ezekiel, and, uh, and Ezekiel has called them uh, you hard headed, obstinate bunch of people. <laughs> and it's basically the same thing that Moses said, and the same, same thing that Isaiah has said. He, he says, you, you, you're just not listening. And it's their disobedience to going back from the very beginning, like we've said many, many times, when he brought them out of Egypt, which is a high watermark for any Jew, the coming across the Red Sea and instituting the, uh, the um, what am I trying to say? Or in instituting the Passover lamb and showing that, that Jesus is, is going to come. That's the high watermark. But from that point, he says, you're going to be a peculiar people to me if you will just obey. That's been the problem through the years. That's been the problem through the years. Now let's look. Let's look at Isaiah 63. Verse 7. There, Isaiah is recalling some of the things. I make mention of the loving kindness of the Lord, the praises of the Lord, according to all that the Lord has granted us, and the great goodness toward the house of Israel. He has granted them according to His compassion, and according to His abundance and His loving kindness. For He said, Surely they are My people, Sons will not deal falsely. So he became their Savior. And in all their affliction, he was afflicted. And the angels in the presence saved him. And in his love and in his mercy, he redeemed them. And lifted them up and carried them all the days of old. But they rebelled. And grieved his Holy Spirit. Therefore he turned himself to become their enemy and he fought against them. We've talked about that. That from the time of Solomon's glory when the temple was at its magnificence it just took less than a generation. Less than a generation for them to go back to the old ways of and <laughs> And God told him, he said, Solomon, don't marry these local girls. You know, get you somebody from the house of Israel because they'll turn your heart from the Lord. And that's exactly what happened. Exactly what happened. And they rebelled. And in one generation, they forgot to be faithful to the Lord. And it was a downhill spiral. It took 400 years Took 400 years for God said, "I've had enough. <clears throat> I've had enough." And he <clears throat> he took them into two different captivities, as we've talked many times. 
He took them northern king, kingdom by Assyria and the southern kingdom by Babylon. <clears throat> he said, I've had enough. <clears throat> Somebody said that if God doesn't judge America, he's going to have to apologize to Sodom tomorrow. I don't know if we're going through judgment now or not. That's not in my hands. But I know, folks, we're in a mess. We're in a mess. Every Christian leader today is begging Christians to go vote. Every. <clears throat> they say we had from uh, the highest number I've heard is 35 million, and the lowest number I've heard is 17 million Christians who did not vote in 2000. <clears throat> What is this? Twelve. And that could turn the tide. <clears throat> As David Jeremiah said, he said, <clears throat> he said, I'm not sure I can get somebody like me. <laughs> but he says, I'm pretty sure I can get somebody that's not against me. And that's where we are in this particular case. If you got Decision Magazine this this week from the Graham uh, Evangelistic Association. There's a big article in there about how the Supreme Court is going to change drastically. And if it changes drastically for the worse, we'll never see it better in our lifetime because of the way the, the, the uh, political process is. I don't know. We need to be careful. All right, real quickly. Verse 15. He looked down from heaven and see you in your holy, glorious habitation, where your zeal and your mighty deeds, the stirring of your heart and compassion are restrained for them. For you are our Father. Though Abraham does not know us, and Israel does not recognize you, O God, are our Father. Our Redeemer from old is your name. Get back down to verse 19. We have become like those over whom you have never ruled, like those who were not called by your name. Isaiah says that Israel has gone so far, it's just like they never ever ruled the Lord. Never ever ruled the Lord. Pray. We need to pray today as it is. <clears throat> Maybe the Lord will come before November the 8th. That will be okay with me. Yeah. Okay with me. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for loving us. Father, we thank you that you moved in the heart of Isaiah many, many years ago to write. And it's pertinent to us today. Because just like Israel was rebellion, was in rebellion, and you said enough is enough, and he removed his hand from them, our country is in danger of the same thing. He'll remove his hand from us. Father, forgive us. Forgive us for the way we travel. Forgive us for being complacent. Forgive us for, for not loving you, trusting you, believing you, 
and standing for what you uh, have taught us and what we do. So, Father, as we go to this place, be with us. We ask you to give us a good day today. Give us a good week. Father, may your thoughts always be on our hearts tonight. And we love you. In Jesus' name.